Scan on, guys. Welcome to uh, Fair Dinkum Podcast. That's right. The brothers are putting a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they wanted me to uh, let you guys know what we spoke about today on the podcast. And quite frankly, I don't know. What did we talk about? We spoke a little bit about why leadership is important within our deen. Did we? We did. MashaAllah, tabarakallah, alhamdulillah. Now, what focus else? on the shrimp that's on the barbie, yeah? That's <laughs> <laughs> going on. We also spoke about the, um, the quality of ownership as a leader and why that's important for all Muslims to actually be aware of. We also spoke about not being a Muslim who is on the hamster wheel, doing the same thing over and over again. Don't become a motivation merchant, as we call it. Allahu Akbar. And what, what else we got, Sheikh? Surely you're making, you're making me emotional. I just want to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, at least, at least you gotta tell them. You gotta tell them what you learned today. Look, what I learned is I have to tell you guys like and subscribe. That's that is exactly right. And if you don't, nothing. May Allah guide us all. Okay. So like <laughs> Ashraf's the brother that got all these books. He Mashallah. does not. He does not stop talking about books. That bloke, and I hope he's watching this now. Inshallah, he's gonna realize. Malcolm X is good as well. Very good uh, biography. There's um, very insightful. A lot of the brothers actually started reading because of that book. Mashallah. Which well, was he, he, wa- he wasn't a reader until he went to prison, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he read the dictionary apparently. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. I, I've cover I've to cover. I know. I know. Not even a quarter of the dictionary. So. No, mashallah. I'm just recycling. We'll words. go through the <laughs> titles, inshallah, once we're done. <laughs> inshallah, done. Um, the yeah, sheikh, like you were saying in the car. We had like a quick conversation about not requiring motivation, you know. You just got to start doing things, yeah. Like wh- what made you so passionate about that? Is it your experiences within the, the da'wah or I'll let you develop on further. Yeah, what are we talking about? So well, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go by the spine that I sent you yet. Okay. I'm kind of like going to mix and match with what no I've worries, learned no from the car. Mm. And that, that's, you know, I told you like that conversational flow going inshallah. So, so what I was asking was, um, it, when, when we were in the car, we had a bit of a conversation about, you know, not mundane topics, but topics that we've spoken about for like a hundred times, 200 times, conferences, lectures, you know, like online seminars. And we're just consistently getting um, reminded about the same thing over and over again. And we're always looking for this this little change in What's being said? Like, ah, oh, uh, how do I how do I start my my my, my journey with the Quran? Mm. You know, how do I start my journey with the Quran? And you hear the same Sheikh saying the same thing fifty times, and you're looking for one little difference mm-hmm. just to kind of think that it's gonna change. Yeah. So you know, look, there's benefit in reminders. Allah says, "Wadakir fa'inna dhikratan fa'ul mu'minin." Right. That remind for indeed in these reminders, um, there is benefit for the believers. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, in terms of these questions when they're constantly being asked or the same topics are constantly being requested from um, du'at and mashayikh uh, to be taught and um, presented from the conference stage, uh, then I think there has to be a time whereby we um, wind things back and ask ourselves a question, is there a systemic issue here? Right? Because... Like I said uh, in, in, in the previous discussion, there's a, there's a difference between movement and progress. When we keep discussing the same topics, that's movement. But there has to be a point in our lives where we start progressing. 
mm-hmm. right? So sometimes uh, people ask, for example, how do I get khushu in my salah? Um, or I'm seeking knowledge. Uh, how do I seek knowledge, right? And there's so many discussions about this out there in the age of YouTube, in the age of social media, uh, in the age of globalization. Different sheikhs, different parts of the world are answering the same questions. These answers are being watched, right? By people yeah. all over the world. The person who's asking the question, I'm not going to be stereotyped and say it's always the case, <laughs> but you know, in many cases, the person asking the question can prob- probably write a mini master's thesis dissertation <laughs> on how to memorize the Quran, on how to seek knowledge, on how to get khushu in the salah, because they've watched so many talks and they've captured different snippets, different pieces of advice, different pearls from these different talks. So if they're still asking the question, then the only advice that remains is mm. get on with it. How should I memorize the Quran? By picking up the Mus'haf and memorizing. Mm-hmm. Right? How should I gain khushu in my salah? By doing it. Right? Just get it done. You know how to do it. What's left is for you to implement and get it done. Mm-hmm. Now, so, how d- so for example, say I'm somebody who's consistently looked for those pills and um, how do I find myself or how do I, how do I like identify that within myself? Does that make sense? Mm. Meaning, uh, yeah, you, so, so like you're saying, uh, am I a person who truly, sincerely doesn't yeah. know or am I a person just procrastinating? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. How can I tell the difference? If you are implementing what you've learned and it isn't working for you, then you're not procrastinating. Your question is in the right place. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't implemented what you've learned and you're still asking the same question, then this is a sign of procrastination. That you, you, you Meaning, you need to just get things done now. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to keep moving. Right, you're in the circle, you're in the vortex. The hamster. You like a hamster on, on, uh-huh. on the wheel, <laughs> right? It's like Cinderella uh, when she was placed into the bottle uh, by the uh, by the witch in the story, right? She's Cinderella. She's uh, was it Cinderella? Is it Alice in Wonderland? Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. I don't know Korean, but I know this. <laughs> <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. So she's running and running and running and running, and she's out of breath. And then suddenly she stops and looks around and she finds herself on the same, same spot. spot. She's tired, but she's on the same spot, mm-hmm. right? So um, we got to ask ourselves a question somewhere along the line. Are we uh, manifestations of Alice in Wonderland where we, we've moved so much, but we're still on the same spot? So sometimes it's just a case of, you know what? Stop asking, start implementing, yep. start getting it done. So I guess that's the yardstick. If you are implementing and it, and it isn't working, then your question is in the right place. But then your question would change, right? Mm. If you've implemented something and it's not working, your question wouldn't be, give me tips on how to memorize the Quran. Give me tips on how to gain khushu. Mm-hmm. Your question would surround the fact that I've done A, B, C, D, E, and this for me isn't working. Mm. Right. So now you're giving the person you're seeking answers from, uh, a, 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 meaning a true reason to present to you an answer. Not just a generic answer, but a specific unique answer. Right. Yeah. So, for example, um, we have cases of people who are sincere. Um, they gain a plethora of advice related to a particular topic. Let's say, for example, um, uh, how do I become more consistent with reading the, reading the Quran, reading the Quran daily? Mm-hmm. So, I've come across this people. Mashallah, they're sincere. They're not <laughs> procrastinating. They've taken the advice. They've implemented it. Uh, but Subhanallah, uh, it's not working for them. They're still burning out. So. Um, uh, you know, I would say from an Islamic perspective, 
and from the perspective of return on equity for your time and the sheikh's time who you asking from the perspective of not being on a rocking horse that just rocks moves doesn't progress the perspective of true progress your question is in the right place so um th- these type of questions give the person answering um uh, an environment a field uh, to explore new ideas to get off the generic answer wagon and move on to the specific answer wagon so for example some people over time have come to learn they uh, are broken uh, or they burn out if you give them quantitative targets so it's not that they're not implementing but it's just their nature if you say you know if the advice is read x amount of pages in a day it's burning them out so th- it's some people are like that by design they are more motivated by qualitative uh, targets instead of saying read x amount of pages a day you say read uh, uh, for 15 minutes a day 20 minutes a day whatever you read within that time span that's your that's your target that's your quota for okay, the day yeah. same thing with memorization oh. so sometimes you 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 tell a person memorize half a page memorize a page over time they burn out so it's not that they haven't acted mm. it's not that they they aren't procrastinating they alhamdulillah taking the advice and they're trying it but it isn't working for them yeah yeah so uh, you know this gives us the opportunity to explore why it isn't working so from experience like i said some people with the hifth journey if you say memorize a page it burns them out mm-hmm. if you say okay listen just memorize um, how much time can you give to the quran right so you know that this three elements when it comes to hifth according to some scholars yep. which is uh, to memorize the new lesson review the Uh, most recent lessons mm. and then also review the more distant lessons yeah right so you need to apply these three pillars within the time span that you can allocate so if somebody tells me i can allocate one hour you say okay in your particular case uh, you want to give uh, a chunk of your time uh, or the greater chunk of your time towards reviewing past um, pages that you memorized yeah. so if it's only an hour you should s- memorize for 15 minutes Whatever you memorize in 15 minutes that's your quota for the day. Then yeah. spend 15 minutes with your most recent uh, memorization and then spend 30 minutes with your more distant yeah. uh, memorization, right? 100%. Of course, uh, this is just uh, to give a practical example to what we're discussing. Yeah. Otherwise the tips to memorizing are many. Yeah. Right? So based on the view of the scholars that y- you know uh, memorization should have this uh, three-pronged approach um, instead of make it quantitative or making it quantitative that uh, you know memorize x amount a day review x amount a day of pages mm-hmm. uh, from your most recent hift and review x amount of pages from your more distant hift make it qualitative 15 minutes to memorize whatever you memorize in 15 minutes that's your yep. that's your target 15 minutes to review your most recent uh, d- uh, lessons mm-hmm. whatever you do that's your target half an hour to review your more distant lessons that's your target yeah so uh, but when can we offer people more specific advice yeah when they actually implement it Mm-hmm. But if someone comes to me and says, "Sheikh, how do I memorize the Quran?" <laughs> I tell them, "You tell me," because <laughs> you look like a brother, or you look like someone who knows how to memorize the Quran. Mm-hmm. But you're not just doing it. Exactly, you're just looking for some sort of drive-through motivation. You know, I think people are sincere. I think people are sincere. They really want to do it, but they're not doing it. And sometimes asking the question helps you sleep better at night. Yeah. 100%. No <laughs> exactly what you mean. I fall victim to that on many occasions to be honest with you. You kind of get that little high from the iman or the the motivational merciful servant talk and then you just <laughs> go to sleep you're like you know what alhamdulillah you know. 
You know, cognitive dissonance is a dangerous thing. Right? Mm-hmm. This whole idea of getting yourself to a phase in your life whereby you become, mashallah, a professional, a PhD graduate in knowing how to make the necessary excuses to help you sleep at night. Okay. Right? It's, it's, uh, I mean, it, it obviously this is a psychological uh, trait and the discussions are quite technical, but if I can, uh, you know, bring it to a level that is palatable, um, take the story of the fox who was really, truly hungry. Mm-hmm. And he was walking through the forest and he saw a lovely apple tree and hanging on this apple tree was uh, a, a lush piece of apple. <laughs> right? Um, this apple was hanging right there, beautifully red, uh, looking tasty, but he can't get up there. Mm-hmm. So he spends a long time jumping, 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 jumping. Instead of doing it for five minutes, it's 15 minutes, it's 20 minutes, it's 30 minutes. Now there's an owl the wise owl is on the tree watching this miskin fox <laughs> trying to uh, miskin meaning you know this uh, poor fox, poor fox <laughs> trying yeah, yeah. to uh, in Arabic it sounds uh, you know it's, it sounds better um, trying to get this apple and the, the owl knows that he's not going to get the apple mm-hmm. but he's sincerely trying right at least he's trying though yeah but um, what happens after half an hour an hour of trying he walks off shrugging his shoulders uh, saying uh, that was a rotten apple anyway. Ah. Now, having that thought that that was a rotten apple anyway helped him justify the hour he just wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cognitive dissonance in a nutshell. Yep. Not exactly, but you know. Now I get where you're coming from, 100%. Now, it, 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 it provides us an understanding. And unfortunately, even the best of us, we go through this in phases in our lives where we don't do what we need to do, but we have the excuses to help us sleep peacefully at night and justify uh, us not doing it. So instead of calling ourselves a failure, and sometimes there isn't anything wrong in calling yourself a failure, if you've truly failed, call a spade a spade. In Africa, there's a saying, call a spade a spade and not a very big spoon. Okay. It's a spade, it's not a spoon. I'm taxing that one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So call a spade a spade. If you failed in it, acknowledge it. Exactly. Nobody goes to the doctor if they don't know that they're sick. Yep. Right. So dressing things in different ways doesn't allow you to progress. Keeps you moving. Mm-hmm. Keeps you asking the same question over and over again. Um, may Allah protect us from that. So uh, the, the point is coming back to uh, you know wha- what you asked uh, about this whole idea of um, asking the same question. Uh, from my perspective, you know, I'm all about progress. I want that for the ummah. We need that for the ummah. We need to be those people. The Prophet ﷺ didn't come to uh, uh, raise people. He came to raise leaders. Because these people who he would raise as leaders um, would then um, receive from him the greatest legacy that ever um, um, came onto the face of this earth. Yeah. The greatest lev- legacy that mankind and the globe ever experienced. Mm. And that is one that you and I know as Nubuwa. Prophethood. Mm-hmm. It is a legacy of mercy. It is a legacy of justice. It is a legacy of transformative benefit. Transformative benefit. I don't just call it benefit. Maslaha, transformative benefit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to re, uh, uh, you know, rethink how we translate things. Yeah. Because if we just say benefit, yeah, there's a lot of beneficial things like asking the same question over and over again. Mm-hmm. Transformative benefit. Benefit that moves us from one stage to the next. Yeah. And it is 
uh, a legacy of wisdom right uh, yeah, and ibn al-qayyim describes it eloquently in his writings when he says ash-shari'atu mabnaha wa asasuha ala hikamin wa masalihin lil'ibadi fil ma'ashi wal ma'at fash-shari'atu kulluha rahma wa kulluha 'adl wa kulluha hikma wa kulluha maslaha subhanallah he says this shari'at this shari'a uh, the, the legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and no doubt he completed a legacy that began with Nuh alayhi salam inna uhayna ilayka kama uhayna ila Nuh wa nabiyina min ba'di as Allah tells us in the first quarter of the sixth juz that indeed we have revealed this legacy to you O Muhammad as we revealed it to Nuh and then prophets after him yeah? so this sharia this legacy uh, you know has been founded and built upon um, uh, hikam wisdoms wisdoms and transformative benefit for the human being mm. uh, in this human being's life in both this world and the next. And then he goes on to uh, explain the characteristics of the sharia, that the sharia, to I- the sharia in its entirety, all of it is mercy and wisdom and transformative benefit and justice. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the reality of, uh, of this legacy. Now, after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there's no prophet to come, right? But the battle between truth the truth and falsehood, justice and injustice, justice and oppression, mm-hmm. um, good and evil, continues after Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the only hope for mankind and the globe is this legacy. If there's no prophet to come after Muhammad to receive this legacy from Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then what's going to happen to this legacy? And what hope does mankind have? Mm-hmm. The hope is in the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the collective ummah. When we say ummah, we mean as a collection, right? And that is why this ummah is the best of all nations. Because we received the greatest legacy which the best of all individuals carried. They were the best of all individuals because they carried this legacy. Mm. We are now the best of all nations because we collectively carry this legacy. Subhanallah. Which means the Messenger wasallam, knowing that he's the seal of all prophets, he's not in the business of just raising people but raising people to be leaders because they mm. have to collect this legacy from him and he knows better than anyone else the weight of this legacy. Now, we as collective carriers of it, we only carry select portions of this legacy that he carried by himself. Mm. And that is why we need all parts of the ummah firing, not misfiring. Mm. We need all parts of the ummah calibrated, not miscalibrated, if that's the term. <laughs> right, uh, or the opposite of calibrated, <laughs> right? Um, why? Because the more of us uh, who are calibrated, uh, the greater this legacy will be felt by mankind at large, by the ummah at, uh, at large, and and that is why uh, I, I push this thing. That guys, you know, ask, but only to a point. Mm. Make sure you then implement. Get on with it. 100%. Get on with it. Life is short, right? Yep. Okay. If life is short, the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam cannot make it shorter through wasting time, asking questions, seeking answers that we already have. Mm. 100%. That's crazy. Like you were saying, though, it's important to understand what you actually, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Like you were saying, different strokes for different folks in the car, correct? Yeah. And um, Understanding who you are and who you're not. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't lie to yourself, like you were saying as well. And um, I wanted to go into that the idea of leadership, because I've noticed that it is a massive thing in what you were just describing, becoming leaders who actually relay the message of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for future preferences. And um, like 
what we hear from is or from the people in and amongst the deen is like somebody who doesn't ask for leadership becomes a leader. Mm. Somebody who's not looking for leadership should be the leader. Does that make sense? Like you, you hear that mm. somebody who's not seeking out leadership, that person should become the leader. So how how can you balance like not being somebody se- searching for that and actually becoming a leader in itself? Does that make sense? Yeah, look, what we're talking about is self-leadership. We, oh, we okay, all have yeah. to be leaders of ourselves, of our own destiny, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, destiny in terms of al-qadr al-shari'i, right? Because we have al-qadr, everyone says, the, you know, it talks about the qadr, and the qadr is a fundamental part of our faith, mm. right? In fact, from the pillars of iman is belief in the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But qadr is of two types. You have the universal qadr, right? Which is the overwhelming qadr, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we have the religious qadr, which is the qadr of effort, yep. right? Allah will judge us based on effort. Results are with him. We spoke about this on the way here. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about football fans and, and how they turn on their teams despite a wonderful effort, a wonderful game that they played, but the fact that they lost. They lost the match. That's the qadr of... That, that's the qadr al-kawni. That's the universal qadr. SubhanAllah, yeah. Yeah, so you have uh, the universal qadr and that is... Um, the qad- that is destiny that isn't in our hands, right? But you have the shari'i qadr, that is the that is destiny that Allah has left with us, right? Which we call effort. Mm-hmm. Right? And we famously understand this from the incident of Umar ibn Khattab an, when he went with uh, the Muslims towards Sham, and then me- a message came from there that there's been a plague, mm-hmm. and um, he gathered the muhajirun and the ansar, and he. Um, went into the process of shura, what should we do, should we proceed, should we turn back? And uh, then he decided that we should turn back. And mm. someone came to him and said, are you running away from the qadr of Allah? And he said, yes, we're running away from the qadr of Allah to the qadr of Allah. SubhanAllah. Right? We're taking the means. Yeah. This, is from, this is part and parcel of the qadr. So um, we need to focus on, um, or we need to take ownership of this 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 qadr the qadr of uh, the qadr al qadr al shari the qadr pertaining to effort that which Allah subhanahu wa taala has left with us, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you know how you know how we implement ourselves with this qadr will define who we you know who we will be in the in, in the months and days to come. People ask about leadership. What is leadership? Mm-hmm. And there's different definitions about what leadership is, and you've got a, a plethora of books around you uh, that uh, you know uh, probably touch on the topic of what is leadership. Yep. But from experience and um, working with different communities, different people, mentoring youth, building people up, or at least trying to, with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, it's dawned upon me that leadership, quite frankly, is simply taking ownership. Oh, well, okay. That is leadership. You take ownership of something and you deliver on it. Okay. Right? So, um, this discussion that the Prophet ﷺ was raising leaders, he was raising people, he was raising people to take ownership mm. of their destiny. Take ownership of mm. doing what they need to do. Doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way. When it's salah time, leadership is taking ownership of the fact that it's salah and doing what you need to do. Right? Uh, if you want to adopt khushu into your salah, 
leadership is about taking ownership of that process learning what as a, you know what would bring about a khushu and then implementing it execution yeah. 100% execution is part of ownership mm-hmm. yeah and that's what's needed from the ummah for Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that yes you will ask but a time will come when you need to stop asking and you need to get on with it why because you carry a portion of the legacy of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam if you're not implementing if you're not progressing mm-hmm. if you're just moving then guess what you are only making this legacy heavier on the people that are carrying it because as you know if you have a weight to carry and you sh- distribute that load across more people it's going to be lighter upon the shoulders that carry it collectively but the more people that opt out create a circumstance and situation where it makes it heavy on the people who opted in yep yeah so 100%. what we want from the ummah is to take ownership and that is leadership yep yeah and again we get the shaykh what is leadership what is leadership so brother just take ownership of that which you have to do and that is leadership 100% learn what needs to be done and execute Um, but then in terms of what you asking obviously there's different levels like Yusuf alayhi salam he his leadership you know was based on him alayhi uh, salam putting himself forward to take charge of the storage houses of the land and the whole agricultural process for that period but that is deserved and from an islamic perspective that is permitted why because if you are in a situation whereby you know that there's no one more qualified than you to achieve that and by you not stepping up that seat will be taken by someone less qualified and that will bring about harm then you got to step up subhanallah and remember we said the sh- the sharia is about what it's about justice mercy transformative benefit transformative, yeah. 100% and wisdom right <laughs> so wisdom mercy justice and transformative benefit so sometimes there's no option except for you to step up hmm. because if you don't you will be creating harm mm. right it's the opposite of transformative benefit transformative. the opposite of benefit is harm yep and that goes against the mandates of nubuwa the mandates of the legacy of muhammad ibn abdullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and i've noticed that you were um speaking a little bit or touching a lot on how the anti quality of what you were looking for in leaders is indecisiveness mm. and being like inconsistent or inse- or what's insecure about what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and um One thing I want to touch on is somebody struggling with like you know like that sort of insecurity about what Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them mm. like um what what advice would you have for that person would you tell them to just Oh that's that's difficult to answer because um when I work with people yeah different strokes for different <laughs> folks different pieces of advice work with different people yeah. but I would also need to ascertain uh why they feel that way this you got to remember that um when there's an issue um you know at the uh, at the uh, pos- at the level of a br- of of the branches if i could put it that way mm-hmm. right it boils down to something systemic which exists at the level of the roots and perhaps the stump of the tree so mm. we need to understand that before we can formulate um the advice that is suitable it's very difficult to Uh, to answer mean, that yeah. question in fact i fear that if i share this advice then it will just go over the heads of of many or it might bring people who do not have an issue into feeling that they have an issue yeah, yeah. so if you have a specific example maybe we could take it from there um i feel like you like you were saying it should be like it's something more of a different strokes different folks kind of thing yeah and everything's just a little bit more um tailored to everybody who yeah because if someone is doubting themselves then we need to ascertain and understand why yeah 
right? Hundred um, percent. You know, there, there's and that why manifests itself in many different routes. Mm. You know, it could be something uh, simply to do with upbringing uh, or misconceived ideas from the upbringing. Uh, it could be also misconceived ideas from their own experience Definitely. that they've they've tried uh, a series of things and um, you know it's uh, they, they failed with it. Mm-hmm. Failure is relative, mm-hmm. right? So some people um, feel they're a failure uh, because of society's definition of what success and failure entails. So <laughs> if we deal with it at uh, the systemic level, then in more cases than um, uh, than none, from my experience, it you know the the issues that lead to a person asking this question mm. cease to exist. Yeah. Right? Because the paradigm shift happens. Exactly. You know, you know what a paradigm, you know, the paradigm shift whereby all of a sudden you were looking through a glass yeah, that gave you the impression that there was a sandstorm outside. But no, the glass just needed you to wipe it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And you see a whole different view. 100%. It's the same view across the glass window. You have the same set of eyes. But all that happened was the paradigm shift. The shift happened. Why? Because that glass was cleaned. Mm. So sometimes it purely boils down to that. Sometimes um, there could be more real issues. Yeah. Uh, but those are explored when we understand why those questions are being asked. Because when people ask these questions, it, it's it's normally a symptom of something else. Definitely. Like mm. you were saying, perspective is everything, subhanAllah. Um, I want to go back to the, the, the idea of ownership. Mm. And we can see it. Like this is just a side note from what I gathered from what you were saying is Subhanallah, when you look at, for example, you know, um, taking ownership of what you've done or things that have happened in your life, you see that in like the example of the Prophet Yunus salam, when he got swallowed by the whale. Hmm. He, he goes, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntum min al-dhalimin. Correct. And subhanallah, he started to see like even Adam, when he was, um, when he was um, exiled from, ja- from Jannah. Exalted, is exalted, the strong word. Meaning when he was, was sent down. He was sent down. Now from, let's use the Quranic Jannah. narrative. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, asked him to uh, come out of paradise and uh, descend onto, uh, obviously, uh, into the life of this world. And, subha- and subhanAllah, how we see that it's um, like even in the story of Adam, there's two different types. There was Shaitan, Iblis, who, was, um, who, who didn't take ownership. And there was the quality of Adam that did take ownership, which ended up making him of the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He sought forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قَالَ رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِلَّمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ In Surah Al-A'raf. So uh, here, uh, uh, it's the second page of Surah Al-A'raf. So here, you're right, absolutely right. He took ownership. That this is the situation that I'm in. Take ownership of it and do the needful to move on to the next step. Let's let's stop reminiscing in the past. Definitely. Let's stop stop uh, uh, crying over spilled milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, you know, in the new generation that we're in and the advanced children <laughs> that we have, they tell you, Sheikh, who cries over spilled milk? I once uh, <laughs> said this, that we shouldn't cry over spilled milk. And, and one young person said, nobody cries over spilled milk. I said, uh, why? They said, because we have machines that can suck it up and clean it up <laughs> and you can still get your milk back. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't even know that. SubhanAllah. <laughs> Wallahu a'lam. Allah he might have been imagining it, but everything's <laughs> possible. Why not? Probably inventing something. Mm. But subhanAllah, yeah, like um as you start to see like all these these different themes from the Prophet from the Prophets, Um that you know ownership is very important. To switch gear, Sheikh, inshaAllah. I wanted to ask you about the topics that I'd mentioned to you in the messages. And um I know this is it seems counterproductive. To what's being said in the start, but I actually genuinely wanted to know the answer to this this question was like, um, for somebody struggling with wavering intentions, mm. 
um, or, or like they feel like they're starting to do things for the sake of others and, and it's hindering their progress as a person who wants to gain the pleasure of Allah SWT. What would you say, well, what, what piece of advice would you give to somebody with wavering mm. intentions? Look, this question is common. And inshallah, it's from, it stems from the iman of a person. That everyone gets into things and they want the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're seeking his pleasure. Um, and then you get caught up. Especially with project work. Especially when project work sort of starts operating at the level of um, uh, the corporate um, uh, sector. Right? So there's KPIs and there's reviews and there's mm. deliverables. And, 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 and then you get caught up in ticking those boxes. Um, Shaitan, no doubt, will use that as a tool, right? Uh, because he's an enemy, right? He's going to come and he's going to try and, if he can't stop you doing it, he's going to try and reduce the amount of rewards you can get from it. Yeah. And one of the ways he tries to stop us doing things is by making us doubt our intentions, making us feel that. Hold on a second here. We were committed to the cause because it was for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and a lot of the times when you Invest. I don't like to call it volunteerism. Mm. I like to call it investment because whoever does something for Allah, Allah takes it from them and multiplies it and gives it back to them. That's investment. Wow. Yeah, volunteer volunteerism has this idea of you've given up something. Mm. Yeah, True. but when you're doing for Allah, you're not giving up anything. Exactly. Whatever time you put, whatever money you put, Allah is multiplying it and giving you back. It's the lens thing, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, so it's investment, right? So you 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 motivated by this investment that you're doing. So. Uh, shaytan if he can't pull you out of something he's going to try and reduce the rewards you get from it right by infiltrating your intention but he is going to try to get you out that's mm. the first approach he doesn't settle for for less he wants more mm. so what's the best way to get a person out of something by detaching uh, them from the intention because mm. it was the intention that brought them into that process in the first place Definitely. so you start getting into it and you start thinking but well, what am i doing here mm. i'm just wasting my time especially if you're involved in um, you know, da'wah and Islamic um, uh, endeavors because generally they don't pay or they pay less. Yeah. Right? So you, you know, Shaitan comes to you with this thought that hold on, what are you doing? You, you know, you, you've lost line of sight between what you're doing and why you are doing it, and you're not even getting paid well for it. You might as well just go work a normal job and volunteer as you used to because you used to be switched on then, you were motivated then, uh, you were connected then, and so on and so forth. And uh, the best advice that I can share with those who go through this is what our Sheikh Ja'far Idris Hafidahullah uh, mentioned to us Shafa. Uh, Sheikh Ja'far and inshallah I believe he might have even benefited this wisdom from Ibn Taymiyyah that whenever you go through this dilemma with your intention focus back onto the original intention you had when you got into the process mm. and then seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and continue that's it. Simple. Mm. Don't get caught up into overthinking your current relationship with your intention. Mm. Take yourself back to the original intention because you don't doubt that. You know why you got into it. Yeah. Yeah. When someone left a high paying job for a low paying job in the da'wah, they know why they did that. Definitely. And that's where the power is. The original intention. When someone uh, volunteered, invested, invested their time for the sake of Allah, it was for the sake of Allah. That's the original intention. So retreat, just like an army does when they when they attack, they go back to the barracks, they regroup, yeah. right? They reorganize, uh, and then they come back out fighting. Yeah. So that's what needs to happen. Definitely. Go back to your original intention, recuperate, rejuvenate, regroup, and seek forgiveness for any mistakes that might have come about, 
uh, from that time and the time that you you know you, you you're living in at the moment when you are doubting your intention mm-hmm. and move on do not come out of the process because look as uh, fudail ibn iyab rahimahullah said he said uh, doing something for other than allah is shirk and leaving something for other than allah is riya showing off oh subhanallah naam and this is a this is a phenomenal statement because it it keeps us in yeah because everybody thinks that hold on if I, I you know i feel like i'm doing it for other than allah so this is shirk we say but okay but now you're leaving it for other than allah why are you leaving it you're leaving it for people still right 100%. so why are you leaving it you're leaving it because uh, you feel like you're doing it for people's attention well isn't uh, i mean there's there's a circle here that con- that connects both scenarios mm. the scenario keeping you in and the scenario keeping it out so keeping or, or wanting to take you out so before you leave ask yourself why are you leaving for the sake of allah or for the sake of something else sure. yeah obviously uh, riya is a lesser form of shirk and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that he fears for this ummah riya which is the showmanship which is uh, a form of doing something uh, you're not worshiping other than allah in it but you're doing it for the praise that comes with it right or the uh, the um, generally for the praise that comes with it for the goodwill that you build with people leaving something for other than allah he says is a riya subhanallah so uh, i would say uh, do not leave go back to your original intention seek forgiveness from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't practice riya don't leave for the sake of people because shaitan is telling you you're doing this for the sake of people so in essence what are you doing now leaving for the sake of people you're not leaving for the sake of allah right uh, so naam that's that's the best advice i ever received uh, from uh, our mashayikh regarding this point and no doubt this is a question uh, that i had because the best of us go through this the best of us go through this you right um the da'wah uh, really you know uh, expanded uh, in the last decade or 15 years mm. um, and especially in the last decade uh, i think for those who know the da'wah um uh, at the beginning of the decade and how it progressed mm. um this idea uh, you know this the celebrity fan culture uh, creeped in and i would say to an extent hijacked it mm-hmm. right um i wouldn't say people were insincere but it happened yeah right um and uh, sometimes you you start questioning your your intentions in the space yeah. because you know it's all about organizations and it's marketing and it's social media and everyone's putting your face everywhere and so on and so forth and your social media following is growing uh, and uh, you know if you the sheikh who's savvy with social media and you know how to sit on it more than the other sheikh then you're going to get a bigger following yeah. and then sometimes does it become a case of market share that's how companies operate yeah right uh, especially you know if you, 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 you the dawa is pretty disconnected as a reality because we don't live under a caliphate right so everyone is uh, everyone understands their own version of what maslaha is and they understand how best they want to achieve things mm-hmm. and that is uh, a symptom of not being united under uh, one body right so everyone's doing their thing and uh, like i said you know whoever has the most social media tools whoever is uh, has the the most gigabytes in terms of their uh, the the internet whoever has the ability to switch on their live instagram live facebook live youtube live uh, you know more then you know you're going to get more of a following and over time you start thinking hold on a second why mm-hmm. 
right? Because all this marketing, all this branding, all the social media, all the celebrity fan culture, you find people gravitating towards you and they, they feel liberated by you and they feel like they have meaning because of you. And this wasn't the way, uh, you know, it, it was. Mm. The Prophet ﷺ came, but the Sahaba felt meaning not because of the Prophet ﷺ, but because of the message. As Umar said, Kunna adilla, we were wretched. Nobody wanted to know us. We are a nation that have been given honor because of Islam. And Islam is submission, and submission is connected to action. Mm. Right? Doing what you're supposed to do in the moment that you're living in. The right thing, that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the moment that you're in. That is Islam. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say that, you know, فَمَهْمَا إِبْتَغَيْنَ الْعِزَّةِ بِغَيْرِ مَا أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِهِ Subhanallah. أَذَلَّهُ الله. That uh, whoever from us, uh, whoever from us seeks honor in any system other than the system that brought honor to us, not only will they be dishonored, but Allah will dishonor them. Right? So, no doubt, the best of us go through this journey. And he, uh, you know, what am I doing? Uh, but leaving the da'wah isn't an option. But it's necessary to have what I call those cave days. Yep. Those moments of seclusion. Those moments that take us away from the chaos of, quote-unquote, the Prophet ﷺ was running away from the, uh, the, the chaos of misguidance. Yeah, We need to sometimes also run away from the chaos of social media mm. and the marketing and the branding and have those uh, cave days where we're in the cave, mm -hmm. right? And, and we're uh, contemplating, we're reflecting, we're working things out, you know, answering those important questions. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing what I do? And what is my mission? What did I set out for myself at the beginning? Definitely. And how effective am I in my journey? How, how effective am I? Am I at 10% efficiency, 50% efficiency, 90% efficiency, and why? Mm -hmm. You know, run the gap analysis. This was my ideal, and this is where I am. So this is my gap, yep. right? Then the root cause analysis. Now, what is the reason why there's this gap between me and where I need to be? What is the cause for this? Yeah? yeah. And then the solutions analysis. What can I do to close this gap? Definitely. And you apply this to everything with your Quran. You want to memorize, let's say you are... Uh, quantitative based in your in in your approach so it's a page a day okay so the ideal is a page a day let's say you're reading the quran and your targets are quantitative based as well i'm going to do a juice a day i have that cave day i'm supposed to do a juice a day right yep. how, how you know how many pages am i doing 20 pages i'm doing a juice for those masahif that are 20 pages in number per juice or am i uh, if it's if your if your mushaf has 30 pages is it 30 pages a day yep. okay so 30 pages is the ideal what am i doing 15 some days 10 some days okay let's work out an average some mm. people say sheikh you know it's fluctuating i say okay let's not uh, hyperventilate here we can still answer the question do an average definitely right so your average is 12 okay so the gap analysis is 12 to 30 there's a gap mm. now you understand your gap right exactly you understand your gap 17 pages is your gap yep. 17 right 17, yeah. Yeah? So you have a gap. Now the next thing, root cause analysis. Why is there this gap? Exactly. Have, oh. you, have, you, have you set a target that, that is beyond? You, 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 know, you, you weren't practical and pragmatic when you set 20 pages a, a juz a day? True. Is that the reason? Mm. Okay, so we need to reduce that target. Or what is it? Is it because too much phone time? Is it because you, know, you don't wake up early enough, benefit from the period of barakah? 
right? That's the 100%. root cause analysis. Then solutions analysis. What solutions can I implement? Wake up early. Okay, why am I not waking up early? Okay, because I need that motivation. Okay, let's find a buddy, maybe a buddy system, peer-to-peer kind of approach. Yeah. Find someone who wakes up early, they call you, you call them, you keep yourselves honest, you keep yourselves true to each other. Definitely. But if we're not having those cave days, and we just, like Alice in Wonderland, running in the bottle, yep. so much movement, no progress. Mm-hmm. Right? We're never going to recognize that we are rocking on a horse. Mm-hmm. Rock, rock, rock. We're tired from rocking, but we haven't moved to the next step. So, very most most important thing would be gathering that awareness from pondering. Correct. That's that's the whole sum the cave of what day. you were saying. Caves, cave caves have such sure. an association with our iman and development. It's truth, yeah. You got the cave of Hira. You have Surah Al-Kahf, a whole surah named after a cave, and Allah saved the yeah. iman because of that cave. You have uh, the, the the cave of Thor, you know, uh, which was uh, the, the savior for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Abu Bakr during the Hijrah. Subhanallah, which was a migration of faith, a migration of transformation, a migration of progress, not just movement. Mm. They didn't just go to Medina and it was more of the same. Mm. Definitely. It changed, right? 100%. Yeah. Jazakallah khairan, Sheikh. I'm just conscious of time. That's the only reason why I don't want to waste your time. I know you are very busy. Jazakallah khairan for coming on. I don't know if you want to leave any more gems for us at the moment. I'll open the floor to you if you want to say anything, promote anything. Allah bless you, my brother. Firstly, uh, keep smiling. <laughs> Don't stop smiling because Allah has blessed you with a beautiful smile. <laughs> okay, um, and, and I say that because um, no matter how dark the cloud is, it's always a, th- a silver lining, right? And that should be the way of a believer, right? That never ever be defeated by the situation, uh, right? Say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and rise above. You believe in Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the King of kings, the creator of everything in creation, the Lord and owner and king of the day of Qiyamah. Mm-hmm. Allahu Akbar. And then you believe in the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Whatever your circumstance is, you can get out of it. And you can be stronger after it. That is the reality of a believer. That is the reality of la ilaha illallah. So uh, keep smiling and rise above. Uh, secondly, uh, to our viewers delete this idea of inferiority complex no inferiority complex delete it you are a standing member of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam you have been deployed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has chosen you to be a carrier collectively as part of the ummah of Muhammad of a portion of the legacy of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam so there's no room for any inferiority complex stand up and be counted uh, because you know, like I said, Allah has chosen us. He has deployed us. We're wearing the stripes. Yeah? So uh, the, 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 the principle is, if Allah takes you to it, He will take you through it. Yeah? So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you and deployed you, don't feel inferior. Feel empowered and believe in yourself. There's no need to have self-doubt because if Allah took you to it and He's taken you to it, He most definitely will take you through it. However, He wants you to act. He wants you to take the means, have those cave days, make sure you're transforming, make sure you progr- you, you're progressing, you're not just moving. Uh, seek advice sincerely, but to a point, get to a point where, mashallah, tabarakallah, you get it going, mm. you implement that advice, you move on. It's not that one year, same question, then the next year, same question, 
Five years down the line, same question. Ten years down the line, same question. And you feel like, mashallah, you are achieving because of the question that you're asking. Right? Um, and uh, uh, what else to say, subhanallah? You know? Um, uh, remember this. If you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. If you want to get what you never got, you must do what you never did. I think it was Henry Ford who said this. It's not the greatest of English, but it makes perfect sense. right? And they say insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. right? So a time comes where you've got to you know, shake it up a, a, a little bit. Be dynamic. The pillars of Islam teach us to be dynamic. The salah five times a day teaches us to be dynamic. Allah didn't say worship me just standing. He said worship me standing, then worship me bowing, then worship me prostrating, then worship me while sitting. Even when you pray Fatiha here, do this dhikr, uh, you know, uh, over there. When you're praying a different, uh, when you're in frustration, a different dhikr. It's dynamic. It's, it's stopping us from being robotic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, even the, the, the adhkar of salah, there's different adhkar for sujood and for ruku. So you don't even, you know, get yeah. caught on to one uh, dhikr and then it becomes robotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So take that lesson from the pillars of Islam and apply it to your life. In everything that you do, be dynamic in how you approach things. If you're studying, sometimes study whilst uh, listening to something, sometimes study whilst teaching something, sometimes study on-site, sometimes study online, sometimes study by yourself, sometimes study in a group. Mm. You know, So don't be defeated by the circumstance and situation. There's always, um, uh, there's, th- th- there's always a way out. There's always a way to uh, get back on track. And Iman is about the O of opportunity. And forgetting about the O of obstacle. I leave uh, the Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with these few messages. Jazakallah khairan, Shaykh. Thank you very much for coming on, dropping all these gems, subhanAllah. It was much needed. I know you're a very busy guy and we actually really genuinely appreciate you. Inshallah, we'll visit you and we're not going to disclose where he lives because... <laughs> so Subhanallah the mobile, you know, yeah. Time went so fast We didn't even talk about Liverpool Allah Subhanallah was yeah. I thought I was going <laughs> to say We'll, the podcast, we'll definitely do another one Inshallah Jazakallah khairan Sheikh Barakallah Don't forget to like Comment and subscribe And Inshallah I will link Sheikh Sajid's um, Other videos online And even his Facebook Inshallah Within the link So you can go and see How he'd actually linked The <laughs> the Liverpool season To Nasiha uh, Subhanallah Jazakallah khairan Sheikh Allah bless you Allah bless you Hafidhak Allah wa jazakum Allahu khairah.